This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Noon on Tuesday. I'm your host, Gina, here, and I'm with my hostess with the mostest, Jess. How are you, Jess? So today, this one is really interesting to me because I think we all know you can adopt a child, right? You can adopt a dog, but did you know you can adopt an alp, right? All right. So we are here today to learn about this Adopt an Alp program from Caroline Hostetler. Welcome, Caroline. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. Good. Good. Well, Caroline... You, I understand, are with Quality Cheese, um, who sponsors or who has created this Adopt and Out program, right? That's correct. Yes. Oh, very good. And Caroline, I, I, I hear a bit of an accent from you. Where are you from? I am Swiss. Swiss, Swiss at heart and always will be. <gasps> well, very good. <laughs> awesome, Caroline. Um, well, Don't tell us, expect me to yodel, Can you do this? <laughs> That's not a prerequisite as being a Swiss? <laughs> no? <laughs> All right, we won't. We'll, we'll, no. we'll, we'll wait to the end of the program. Maybe you'll be ready then. <laughs> I leave this to the pros. Yes. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. Well, I guess first of all, Caroline, tell us a little bit about this. You know yourself and how you got into this program with Quality Cheese, and a little bit about Adopt an Alp in general. Well, uh, Quality Cheese is a company that I founded exactly twenty years ago. I had moved to Florida. Um, from Switzerland two years prior, and I really, really missed cheese, good cheese, well-made cheese. And uh, I had this idea, being a food writer at the time, having all the connections to chefs and stores, to try it and start importing cheeses. So that's what quality cheese is. We import high-end, very unique um, cheeses made in Switzerland. Oh, lovely. And, um, Happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And um, over time, I always had liked and loved cheeses. I always loved to eat them. But I really de- developed a passion, especially for Alp cheeses. And it was more than the cheeses. It was the entire lifestyle that really fascinated me, that people still try to keep up a tradition, try to preserve a lifestyle that generations before them had done. And it's not something very easy. It's more marked by lack than by luxury. But still, it has to be something very satisfying, bringing out those very healthy, very characterful, wonderful cheeses. And at the same time, I realized that it's very hard to understand for people who have not grown up with that tradition to understand really the background of transhumans and going to the Alp and making Alp cheese only in the summer. So I decided that I wanted to do something for these cheesemakers, also for us, the customers, in order to keep the tradition alive. That's how Adopt an Alp was born in 2013. Oh, that's wonderful. So um, 
you bring up a, such a good point that it's so interesting that so many businesses are founded when you see a need or, or something that you really wish you could find mm-hmm. in the market. And that's what you did. You just missed that beautiful, beautiful cheese. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That yeah. Really was the- yeah. Was the, the gist of it. Um, because I do agree, like cheeses from the Alps are like no, none other on the planet. Right. I mean, um, unless you've been there yeah. to see it. You know, you can't understand. And that brings us to the term yeah. that you use, that transhumans. Can you describe what that is? Mm-hmm. Briefly, briefly, or roughly said, it is the moving of humans and animals in accordance with the season. Mm-hmm. So in the summer, they will go all together as one big family or team up to higher altitudes And then when it gets colder and the meadows are basically eaten down, they will go further down again. And this is something that has been done um, probably since before the year 1000. Um, It always has been done, not only in Switzerland. Switzerland is like a central of of this uh, tradition, but also in France, in, in Austria, in Italy. This used to be done. The thing is, what fascinates me, too, is it's not just um, good for the people, the society, the animals. It's also a very important part of taking care of nature. Basically, these animals during the summer are landscapers in the mountains. And this is a very important part of keeping the mountains and those pastures healthy and alive and as rich as they are. Oh, interesting. I never really thought about that aspect. So, exactly. Yeah. I love that term, landscapers on the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Describe a little bit, Caroline, of what they are really eating. I don't think people here, especially in San Diego, can understand the richness of what they're eating. What are they eating up there? Right. So first off, they only eat what is around them. There's no added feed that they receive, but they are outside most of the time 24-7, unless it gets brutally hot, even out there. Cows don't like the heat. They can deal with cold, but not with heat very well. Um, And there have been studies done um, in various countries. The big thing is that up on an Alp, you find a variety of up to, and that's the very newest um, point of knowledge, up to 150 different grasses, herbs, and flowers that those cows will eat. And this is unbelievable. Compared to valley pastures, um, there you find up to a dozen if it comes high. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine. And then this richness combined with the fact that um, on and out, far away, high up from the whole, you know, traffic and all the pollution that we do every single day, these people, most of them, they go with spring water. So the water is very pure. The meadows are very rich. The air is cleaner mm-hmm. than when you graze next to, a, let's say, a highway. Sure. So all of this together just makes for the most precious, most nutritious, most natural feed. And this reflects in the milk. Milk from the Alps is, is richer, is 
better in fat ratios, better in omega-3 and 6 ratios. It's just a much more healthy milk. Oh, which makes them one of a kind, some of the most unique on the planet, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, to be able to eat like that and 150 different herbs, grasses, and flowers, right? That's yeah. crazy. Crazy, yeah. right? And that goes to the truth. You know, you are what you eat. And so when they're putting something so good in their tummies, they're producing milks create all these extra flavors that you get from those grasses and herbs and flowers. Yeah. 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 Oh, so, so, so awesome. Um, so the adopt an Alp, how, how does, I know Jess, you've worked with Jessica, who's our main champion monger at our mission Hill store. <laughs> Jess, how did you meet Caroline or how did you learn about adopt an Alp and how did we adopt an Alp? This was awesome. I, Oh, I can't pinpoint exactly what I know, <laughs> but, um, I know it was, um, I know Lisa from uh, Cheese Addiction. Cheese Addiction. Mm-hmm. I think she had participated in it, and we are friends um, because she used to be part of the Venice. Well, she's still part of the Venisimo family, always part extended of the family <laughs> of Venisimo. And so I saw her participating in this, and I and actually, oh, you know what? I heard uh, Caroline on another podcast, yes, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was just so intrigued and so inspired by this effort to keep this tradition alive and yeah, like bringing in high quality cheeses from maybe some smaller farmers that maybe don't have access to um, like exporting mm -hmm, or whatnot. Distribution. Yeah. yeah. And so um, from there, I just kind of Googled it, Googled (laughs) and, um, and then I found the website and got connected with Caroline and yeah. That's pretty much how it comes. Yeah, this is good. What, which which Alp did we get to met? adopt? Yeah, um, we did quite a few different ones instead of um, mm-hmm. um, doing all of one for Mission Hill Shop. We're bringing in six different cheeses. What? Yeah. So our theme, I think, that we were going with is um, doing something from west to east. So we've tried to do the different regions across. Uh, Switzerland. And then addition to that, we did get two and I'm probably, oh man, I'll probably, how would <laughs> Maybe you say Caroline this? Okay, Caroline, we're guessing this is Satelegli? No, that's not even close. Satelegli, yes. Oh, so close. with them, we, yep. we decided in addition to doing a west to east theme, we are doing, um, I don't know, what would you call this? A we're going to do uh, bring in a 2013 wheel and a 2016 wheel mm-hmm. and compare those as well. Ah, oh, nice. Caroline, would you call that like different vintages? Like in wine terms, it would be a different vintage? What would you call yeah. that when you have two? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, okay. That's what I call, I call them. Yeah. You can do a vertical tasting with your Vertical cheese. tasting. There you go. Ah, oh, yeah. vertical. That's it. That's it. I, yeah, <laughs> I haven't had coffee yet. So. <laughs> it's a little late. Awesome. Okay, vertical. Um, Caroline, how did you, you actually, you've met Jess too, me, right? Let me tell you, sorry, the vertical tasting mm-hmm. is actually very, um, very precise in this case. The subtle Eckley, what they produce is a Bernese Alp and Hobelkäse. Um, Alpkäse, it's called until it's three years old. And from that point on, it changes name. It's one of the only cheeses in the world that changes name with age. And when it's a Hobelkäse, Hobel meaning shaving, then it's a cheese that they shave over some a tool very similar to a mandoline in the kitchen. 
they shave it into paper-thin layers, and they naturally roll up into those cigar-like looking beautiful things. And those cheeses, this is an AOP cheese only made in the Bernice Alps. This cheese um, actually is stored vertically, not horizontal on the wood planks. Very interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And why do they do that? Standing up versus laying down? Just so uh, some theorists say that they could use, uh, they could um, save space with Mm -hmm. that system, that they take less space. And others say it's a way of moving the fat in the cheeses in an equal way because they also, like they, instead of turning the cheese there, you roll the cheese like by eight of a wheel of a diameter. So all the time the cheeses get turned or rolled over. So the fat is not just in one place. Oh. Interesting. interesting, yeah. Well, I can't wait yeah. to try it. <laughs> yeah, and to try to shave it like yeah, she's we're describing, gonna, right? Need to get we need some to get tools. a mandolin. We need tools, man. We need tools. That sounds good. Can we just use a mandolin, like, or truly a mandolin? Or can you use, like, a potato peeler? Would that work too, Caroline? Um, a mandolin probably will Best. work. Mm-hmm. Um, a potato peeler, probably not so much. Like, you will misshape the cheese over time. Sure. Um, but a mandolin would work. You just cut a... a fairly big wedge and then be very careful because the cheese after three years is very, very hard, very, very dense, very compact. So don't slip on that mandolin. (laughs) Very, very, yes. (laughs) Safety warning if anyone trying this at home. (laughs) Yep. Um, Will this cheese, Caroline, have the little crystals in it? Like the little the crunchy, will, yes. the three-year-old will, because yep. I know yep, definitely. yeah, taught us all about crystals last week, um, so that's mm. going to be yummy. But then it yeah. still curls like a little cigar. we got to test that. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so excited. That sounds that, good. Yeah. And again, you say mm-hmm. Sateleki, correct? Sateleki. Sotel Eckley. Got it. We're going to get this. We're going to get this. (laughs) Jess, tell tell us some of the other ones that you're bringing. We can confirm our pronunciations on those as well. Uh, Well, you know what I do with customers, with with some customers? I I make um, phone appointments where we agree that they will not pick up their phone, and then I speak those pronunciations on their phones so they can repeat them in the store. Okay, yeah, we totally need to <laughs> set that up. scheduling a call. <laughs> <laughs> very, um, very good. Was- Wasserberg? Wasserberg, yeah. Well done. This is a wonderful um, organic um, production and this is the only female cheese maker that we have in the program this woo-hoo, year. She's woo-hoo. a wonderful lady. Okay. Yep. Um, and then we have the, Prepan, which I believe Parpan, I yeah. believe they just won uh, an award for their cheese. They did. They did. Um, it's amazing. Their, their cheese maker is 24 years young. It's his second summer on this Alp. He has taken over as the Alp master, incredibly young, and he won silver last year at the same contest and this year gold. So you're in for a treat there. Yeah. Bravo. Super excited. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Beliki? I'm not sure if I said that one. This, yeah, Blakey. Blakey. 
Yes, and you get a sprint from that Alp, and this is a cheese um, that is outstanding. A little similar to the Sattelekli, also, you know, sprints, very dense, um, very heavy cheeses, wonderful, crystally after a while, the sweetness, the salt. And um, Paul Barmettler, the cheesemaker on Blakey, he has received the only perfect score, the perfect 20 in every Ooh. taxation of the entire summer <laughs> of Alpsprint producers. So his, his cheeses are very high level, wonderful. Yeah, so if anybody's, because we get requests for sprints every now and then, mm-hmm. but we don't always have it. Correct. So this will be, be the time. Mm-hmm. One of the best. <gasps> And then yeah. this one, the last one for Mission Hills, uh, Caroline, you had picked for us the Urner Boden. Urner Boden, yeah. This is a great operation in the way that it shows exactly why we are doing it up and out. The Urner oh. Boden is the biggest dairy alp of all Switzerland. They receive milk from over 40 farmers. And the thing with this Alp is that of those 40 or plus um, farmers, a few years back, all of those, they were about to quit. It's very complicated and it can be very time and energy consuming to go on the Alp as a little family with your own maybe 15 and 20 cows maintain your own dairy, make a little bit of cheese, but not really much because it's just you. And so all these farmers, they face the fact that at some point they need renovations. They need to invest in the dairy, in their house, in the barns. And they, most of those by now just cannot afford this anymore because they cannot produce with their own hands enough cheese to make enough money. So a lot of these farmers give up. And this region, going to the Alp, is such an important historical and traditional part that the the political um teams, they decided we cannot just let this happen. We cannot just watch as they give up. We need to help them. And so they founded money. They um, organized those farmers as a co-op. So these farmers, they own, co-own, and operate um, this Ornaboden Alp Dairy. And now these families, they keep on going up to the Alp. They take their animals, but they do not make the cheese each one themselves anymore. They bring the milk to the central co-op, and there they have a professional cheesemaker with two apprentices making the cheese. So each involved part focuses on what they do best, and they don't have to struggle and scramble and go left and right and have 18-hour days for the duration of the summer and go down and, and just be dead almost. So... This is a really modern undertaking, but combining the tradition with the innovation and taking care of modern tools, modern structures, organizations, and still come out with that beautiful 
um, traditional product called Alp cheese. So this is a very future-oriented um, undertaking, and I like that very much. Oh, well, thank you so much for picking that one for us. That, that's, yeah, that's a beautiful story of how to incorporate both tradition yet mm-hmm. uh, change exactly. with the times. Sure, and make it possible for yeah, uh, people to flourish. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that is the really if if transhumans and and that whole tradition um, and lifestyle does have a future, then that's it. You cannot just remain in the past. It will just financially never work out. And if you want to involve the next generation, your children that grow up into being also professionals, you need you need to take advantage of what can be done, not by ignoring what has been, by keeping alive what is great from the past and taking the good things from the new world. And I think these operations, Parpan is a very similar um, structured thing, just much smaller. But they, them too, they they saw those four apps, they cannot function anymore on their own. Let's put them together. Let's put forces together. Each one does what they're specialists in and and focus on, on that. And that is, in my belief, that's the future of, of transhumans and the way to keep it alive, really. Yeah, so. keep a beautiful tradition alive and then share it with the world. Now it becomes more uh, easy to share that story, right? A little better. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's just awesome. Yep. So from for our east to west theme then, which is the furthest east of those cheeses and which is the fur- furthest west, Caroline? I'm trying to picture these Alps um, on a map. The furthest, yeah, the furthest east clearly is um, Parpon. Mm-hmm. That is a, a canton in Switzerland is what you have here as a state. Mm-hmm. We have 26 cantons. So... Um, Parpan is in the outermost eastern canton, bordering to Austria. Mm-hmm. And then the furthest west is uh, Sotelekli. Mm-hmm. That okay. is a um, place, small place, also a very, very traditional place um, in the in the Bernese Alps. Ah, so beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. You have to print out a map and... Uh... Yeah, we'll Post have to put up the in the shop. Up, yeah. Exactly, to show where each of these came from. I because already had like a customer. Um, her family is from Switzerland, and oh. we were like, oh, we're getting like all different right. um, Alpage <laughs> cheeses in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she pointed out which one was closest to where her family was from. So that was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. She'll be so excited. Yeah. 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 To get a taste. Um, do we have like a time schedule when we think these might be arriving in the States? In the shops? Um, they should be arriving mm-hmm. this week, I think. To the shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. Because, yeah. Caroline, I'm, I'm assuming, because they're making all these cheeses high up in the Alps, right? All the cheesemakers are up there making this, right? They don't come down the hill to get made, right? No, that is, that. yeah, that's correct. That is actually one of two definitions. People over here, I think, still have a hard time with uh, a defini- finding a definition for what is Alp cheese. It mm-hmm. does not actually depend on the altitude. Um, Alp cheese can be made on 4,200 feet or it can be made on 7,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't matter. What really makes Alp cheese Alp cheese and non-other, and don't call it Alpine or Alpine style, because either a cheese is 
outcast and certified so or it's not. So the two main things that count is Alp cheese is only made seasonally. Mm-hmm. It's only made throughout that period of time when the herds and humans move up to a different altitude. And most of these cheesemakers, summer cheesemakers, are seasonal cheesemakers. They are farmers by trade. Mm-hmm. And throughout the other eight to nine months of the year, when they are not up there, they do not make cheese. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing. Alpcasa is seasonal. If a person tells you that this cheese is made year-round, then you know it's not Alpcasa. It cannot be. Then the second um, point that is very important and is demanded in order to get certified to be Alpcasa or Alp cheese is that the cheese has to be made right where those humans work and live, and the animals live and graze. Mm-hmm. Meaning you cannot transport milk, let's say, down to a valley dairy. You can um, transport milk from one hut to the dairy on the same alp. Uh-huh. That's why Ornerboden can get milk from 40 different huts or sure. herds. But you cannot go a distance you need to stay on that alp where the animals live and yourself, you live and work. And ah, great and distinction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very important to understand. And it's something that's often a bit neglected. Yeah, so on that distinction. What, okay. what would be a good term for cheeses that are made in the area but not using Transhumanists. Right, like, like maybe just Gruyere? Swiss, just Swiss, yeah. a Swiss cheese? Um, there, there's Gruyeres that are alpages, and there's Gruyeres that are just Gruyeres AOP. Um, so if we have one producer in our program, they are Gruyere alpage producers because they do go up, they're farmers, they go up to their alp every summer. They only make Gruyere AOP, and their Gruyere is an alpage because they only make it there and then. Um, the closest probably will be a mountain certified producer because he deals with similar circumstances, just he deals with those year-round. And again, a mountain cheese producer, um, they have their cheeses certified in order to stand out. That's why we want to eliminate the term alpine or alpine style or mountain style. Either you are or you're not. That's pretty important. We'll have to help educate that, Caroline, because we have been guilty of that. People kind of, you know... um are used to saying alpine cheeses and making yeah. it very broad. I know. Default, yeah. yeah Default. Like all it's back very, on that. Yeah. And it is True. not easy to understand, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why we, we do work in that field. Um, the, you know, the thing is, to me, if you mix up those terms, something very um, difficult can happen, and that is something that will be punishing the farmers who produce those alpcase. The thing is if you come with a cheese that is made in a factory on, let's say, 1,500 feet in a nice, convenient village, beautiful cheese-making facility, and they make it year-round, everything's good, the cheese can be very good. I don't judge this. But to call it Alpine style will make the real Alpcase um, 
look a bit bad because it naturally will be a bit more expensive than that wannabe alpine style. So, you know, if somebody comes by me and says, well, I have an alpine style for $10, you charge me $14, then I have to start explaining that alpine style really does not say much. And some people, you know, they, they argue that Word alpine style, they mean it's a pressed cheese or so on. Um, These are terms that are mainly used in France. In Switzerland, nobody talks about the pressed cheese or a little bit pressed. We just distinguish by the mountain cheeses, Alpkase or the AOP one. So I think it's our task to educate. I come from there. I, I I'm lucky enough to, you know, have worked with these people and have been exposed to them. And I just want that that they get the, the respect and recognition sure. that they deserve and that, you know, we actively support them and they have a chance to export. And we, as Jessica said, we have a chance here to get to try cheeses that without the program would never make it over here because these people have other things to do than sure. you know, looking into logistics or export laws and all of yeah. all these nice things. So <laughs> exactly. That's our thing. That you get to do for them. <laughs> that's perfect. And then we just get to enjoy this beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful cheese. We're up for the challenge of uh trying to spread that education yeah. even amongst us mongers mm-hmm. you know share amongst ourselves you know and just learn this so i think this is really good right Jess? the yeah. difference between the alpage the mountain or aop yes. you can uh, put them in the right category the proper um just the proper respect of which she, where mm-hmm. each cheese comes from and if you want yeah. to participate even further with these stories of where these cheeses are coming with um we'll be posting stuff on our social media um i'm hoping to do like a a weekend at the shop where maybe we'll um, do like a tasting, yes. the vertical tasting, as well as the regional tasting. Right. Um, we'll try to do a cutting mm-hmm. of a wheel, right? We'll try to bring one in where people can really watch us cut one of these big, big yeah. bad boys. So there's mm-hmm. all different ways that you can participate and um, yeah. Yeah, learn more about Exactly, about this whole program, right? The Alpage cheeses. The real deal. The real deal. The (laughs) Alpage is the real deal. This is the cream of the crop, right? The the king of the mountain, I guess you would say, in the case of the Alpages. Um, And we can um, send people, right, Caroline, to – it's on the web at adopt-an-alp.com, adoptanalp.com. And you can – there's videos you have on there. You've got beautiful pictures. You can watch – the, the animals come down from the mountains. You can see what they're eating. Mm-hmm. And that's just really, to me, one of the most eye-opening things. And we will be able to share yeah. um, specifically the cheeses that we are getting, mm-hmm. some of those photos and videos of the actual people who are making the cheese and the cows. and Nice, yeah. We are also on um, Instagram as Adopt an Alp, and we are on Facebook, Adopt an Alp. And um, Jessica, share what you do in those stores. You know, there's that contest, and the winners will be going to Switzerland next summer. So meet their families and meet their Alp, and that's going to be a beautiful thing. So make sure any efforts, events, tastings, social media, whatever, comments from your customers even, um, share anything, everything with us. 
I sent out that uh, that info, but that will be very fun to see what what the stores do with the program, how they communicate it, and how they make people think and learn and and enjoy really those cheeses. Yeah. Oh, Caroline, you're gonna see you're gonna see um Jessica there next year at the Elk. <laughs> she's she's gonna make it to the Elk because uh, she's got this creative. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, yeah, she's she's in on this. <laughs> but we thank you for sharing, Caroline, all that great information. I can't wait to try these. It's just sounds oh, fabulous so and um yeah stay thank tuned you. everybody we'll promote it and let you know the minute they arrive and come in and give it a taste and thank you for uh tuning in and we'll see y'all next time thanks for supporting <laughs> the program you're welcome caroline I appreciate that and thank may we you. say alvita zane Hi, fellow cheese lovers. Cheese Whiz Gina here, and I invite you to subscribe to our Noon on Tuesday podcast to hear all about cheese all the time. You can listen on iTunes or SoundCloud or subscribe via FeedBurner under Noon on Tuesday. You can also watch us live every week on Facebook at Benissimo Cheese at, you guessed it, noon every Tuesday Pacific time. We're fun, we're cheesy, so tune in and tell your friends to tune in too. Ciao. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.